Get ready for a classic podcast. Some team dropped one of the biggest upsets in recent memory, and we've got Michael Watson to talk about it on this edition of Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm getting tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college skip. That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! It's Division I football! It's the Big 12! So many ways to make a million ways. Go play in a murals, brother! I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Okay, folks, before I even say hi to Mikey, I'll just warn you, turn the volume down. This rant will be outrageous. Mikey, how you doing? I'm going to start with a story, good sir. It's story time with Michael Watson. I think it was, I want to say it was, no, it was, actually, no, no, hang on. I can probably figure this out because I'm insane like that. November 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, something like that, 1996. North Carolina, I believe, was 8-1. and one. Their only loss of the season was to, like, top-ranked Florida State in Tallahassee, 12 to nothing. Like, they were, like, super competitive. They were on their way to the Orange Bowl. There were, there were Orange Bowl scouts in the stadium in Charlottesville that late afternoon that were ready to say, hey, Carolina, why don't y'all come down and play with the big boys, all right? And they were up 17-3 to with about 10 minutes left in the game, had the ball on the 10-yard line, about to go in for another touchdown. Chris Keldorf, who was fantastic at North Carolina, I am not hating on Chris Keldorf whatsoever, throws this duck over the middle that gets intercepted around the five-yard line and taken back for a touchdown. Virginia got another stop, scored a touchdown, got another stop, kicked a field goal as time expired, and beat inexplicably, beat, at the time, the best Carolina football team that I'd ever seen in my lifetime for sure. And Carolina was good the next season too, and they just couldn't get over the hump against that Florida State team. Florida State came to Chapel Hill, kicked the crap out of them on the famous Judgment Day when game day was in Chapel Hill. But that Virginia game was always the bad one. I, I knocked the VCR off my television in my bedroom. I was so mad. And I broke it. Let me tell you something. Had 14-year-old Mikey Watson seen the game that happened this past Saturday, he wouldn't have broken the VCR. He would have taken the whole goddamn television and thrown it through his bedroom window. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Those CRTs were some heavy some bitches, all right? I cannot believe the incompetence of the coaching staff, the 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 lack of balls by anybody on the roster, and just the general incompetence of some team once again rearing its ugly head and kicking me in the balls one more time for good measure. Lucy, you pulled the football out from Charlie Brown again. You got me every stinking time. I think I'm ready for it. And every time you get me. And you know what? Damn it. It was supposed to be next week that was supposed to happen. Because nothing good happens in Atlanta. Everybody was ready for it. Next week. Not this Virginia team. How much shit have I talked about Virginia all season long? I have said they have been a bad football team. A yeah, I, bad I remember specifically team. you saying, I'm not worried about it. If this were in Charlottesville, I'd worry about it. There you go. Exactly. If it was on the road in Charlottesville, historical landmine for Carolina. Again, that's why I was worried about next week, having to go to Atlanta 
Atlanta, always a shit show for Carolina, no matter what sport they're playing. This Virginia team had not beaten an FBS school all season. Their only win going in to Saturday night was Bill and Mary. That was it. Carolina was a, by I think by the time the game started, was a 24-point favorite. Undefeated with its entire destiny in front of it. Hosting a Virginia team that couldn't shit and wipe its own ass if it needed to all season long. And that's the effort we got from everybody. And my God, let's not even give the ACC's leading rusher the ball more than five times in the second half. Chip Lindsey should have been fired as they walked off the goddamn field. And here's the scary part. It was 31-27. Virginia threw an interception at the goal line and fumbled out of the end zone. This game, it could have been 45-27. (laughs) Like, it wasn't even close. But in classic Carolina fashion, they hung around to make it feel like they had a chance just so they could really kick you in the balls one more good time right at the very end, which is what happened with the Drake May interception, which would capture uh, hilariously on, on the old referee cam on the CW. Shout out to the CW for busting out the WCW referee cam. That's fantastic. Even though, if you were paying attention, the ball hit the ground on the interception, but they didn't call it, even though they called the ball hitting the ground on the slow-mo, frame-by-frame, low-resolution replay earlier on the circus catch that McCollum got, which I think was the only catch he had all game because he dropped about 12 goddamn passes and they never benched his ass. I don't know why that happened. But the fact is, you don't need two shady calls, two iffy calls to go your way to win the game if you're a 24-point favorite! What are we doing?! Absolute shit show, absolute inexcusable, incomprehensible, incompetent, and every other N-word you can think of. I'm done. I'm out. (laughs) Fuck this team. I hate football. I hate college football. All of it. I'm done. Podcast is over. Find a new partner. (laughs) Oh, that was as classic as I expected it to be. I have, I, 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 I have not done this in a long time. I, ha- I had to walk out of the house and take the long block for the walk. I didn't take the short block. I took the long block for the walk. Just for listeners' knowledge, I've not talked to Mikey or even texted him in the last 48 hours because I didn't want any of this coming out until we pushed record on this show. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's just... Uh, it, uh, incomprehensible Inco- incomprehensible incompetence that's what it is it, that's what it is it's, it it makes no sense whatsoever thanks to everybody who reached out and made sure that I locked the dogs in the pool area at my physical address I appreciate that <laughs> thank you Chris Benoit <laughs> God unbelievable just just incomprehensible incompetence like I said do the you do the job next weekend Eh, fine, whatever. You can't lose as a 24-point favorite at home to that Virginia team. I'm sorry. That is the Given all of the context, all of the context, the schedule in front of you, the way the, the, the way that everything is broken so far, it was all there. It was all there. This is the worst loss in program history. It's that bad. As it's Bill Walton bad. would say, one of the five worst losses in program history. And then, of course, he can name off the other four. Oh, I could. Let's see. The Florida State 97. The Virgi- <laughs> Virginia 96 is, is the will always be the gold standard for me. And, and, and I'll get over this one before I get over that one. Because that's that, that was I lost my virginity on that one. That's what happened on that. There's that one, the Clemson ACC championship game where they where they were they said they were offside, they weren't offside. Oh, that's yeah. way up the bring, list. Keep bringing that one up. Yeah, that's way up the list. But it's on, on the scale of expectations that Carolina team overachieved. The '96 team didn't over didn't overachieve. They they should have won that game. The '97 team they were probably about where they needed to be and weren't quite ready to take that step up against Florida State. This here is you. 
You can't lose as a 24-point favorite at home when you have the conference championship in front of you and possibly even the college football playoff in front of you. And by the way, I'm going to go throw this out there. Games like this are why we shouldn't go to a 12-team playoff because North Carolina has no business being in any kind of playoff if you lose to a 1-5 Virginia team as when you're a 24-point favorite at home. And I'm spitting on the microphone now. I'm so mad. Well, yes, I, I believe that if we have a 12-team playoff, there needs to be caveats. You cannot have lost to, say, Boston College. You you should not have lost to Rutgers. Uh, you, you, I, there should be teams that if you lose to, you automatically are denied a playoff berth. Absolutely. <sighs> to, to put this into context, this is the biggest upset in ACC college football since 1994. Jesus I, Christ! <laughs> I do not remember what that game was. I did see that note. Here's a here's a good thing, Mike. It's not one of the top ten point spread upsets in college football history. I you'd you'd have to get into the thirties before you get there. Oh, the oh, biggest one was okay. Howard, Howard plus forty five and a half against UNLV back in two thousand seventeen, and then of course that Stanford game where they beat USC in two thousand seven. That was forty and a half. The funny thing about that Stanford-USC game, it was buried on versus. So you had to really go out of your way for versus. But we're, we're national I, enough I, now. I was, we're in, even, I, I was in well, Reno that night, and you're right. I, it, it was buried on a very small television in the sports book, and they kept moving it to bigger and bigger television game, <laughs> televisions as the game went on. Here's a, in the social media day, you know, if, if this was, you know, if this was 2007, the game would have been on the CW, and nobody would have known about it until the next morning. But no, no, in the social media era, everybody gets to dunk on the fact that Carolina was playing on a game, playing a game on a network called the CW, where the announcers had to read a promo during the game for the new season of F Boys. My <laughs> God, and the announcers sold that hilariously. That was great. No, you can't escape it now. So yeah, Carolina got to got to lose on some bullshit network and embarrass itself all over all over social media because they got no balls. That's great. That's nice. The, the thing I can equate it to would be Mike Tyson losing to Buster Douglas in Japan. And, and at least it took that, a, it at took least that happened overnight. Yeah, because it, it took a good twenty four hours for the news to get over to the United States because that was pre internet. Exactly. Back when it was real, damn it. Well, I just don't know where to go from here. But we do have to do the rest of the podcast. <sighs> so take take a deep breath. I heard I heard good good deep breath there, Mikey. Yeah, you thanks. want you want to check your blood pressure while we're at it? No, I really don't. I I, I don't. Let's get to the big game of the week. Ohio that, you, State know, you know what that you know what that game you know what that Carolina game was like. It's, it's like watching your grandmother's house start to crumble, and it, and it falls like just one spot at a time. The whole second half happened in slow motion. After Carolina went up 24-10, to 10, and it was just one brick at a time to start to fall. And you could see, immediately you could see what was going to happen, and then it happened exactly as you thought it would in your head before the whole damn thing came down at the very end. That's how it is. Now I'm done. I'm, I'm done. For you, at least for sure? five minutes. For you at least for now. five more minutes, Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State beats Penn State 20-12, to pretty much as we expected it to be. Penn State wasn't ready for the spotlight. But, man, are either of these teams any good? One, I said on, I said on Twitter Saturday that whoever won that game should drop five spots in the poll. Yeah. It was not a, a, a good performance. I think the defenses are really good. I, I, I really do. But... If you're well, then none, top... of, none of these none of these offensive players, aside from Marvin Harrison, are ready for prime time. Because well, that's where least, I'm. Yeah, even against a great defense, great offensive players should shine. And, and that's where I'm going with that. Harrison yeah, did. Yep, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Penn State program savior Drew Aller couldn't uh, complete a third down conversion until uh, like literally the last two minutes of the game. It was absolutely pathetic. One for 16 on third down. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's great. The d- defenses could play all day long, but if you want to be considered a top, you know, top-end program here, top-end, you know, playoff contender, all this stuff, 
The offenses have got to catch up at some point, and neither of those offenses were ready for prime time. Harrison's great. Gus Johnson. Maserati Henderson. Yeah, whatever. That was fantastic. Uh, Has he, he was been great. doing that all year? I, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen a Ohio State game because it's not worth watching. Has Gus Johnson been calling him that all year? I think that's the, well. I don't know if they've. I don't know if they've had an Ohio State game before this. But that's the first. All I know is he just started calling him Maserati Harrison after that. And everybody on everybody on Twitter was like, "Mute his mic." It was. Yeah, it was. Stop. It was just awful. stop. Well, He's no, he, been, he, but here's the thing. He I love Gus Johnson. Call Colorado games all year. Exactly. I was gonna say I love Gus Johnson, but he's been awful this year. It's been horrible, horrible this season. And yes, he, every time he's called Colorado games, it's been ridiculous too. So, do you think either Ohio State or Penn State can stay within ten of Michigan, even if Michigan is forced to not steal signals? <laughs> the, the Michigan stealing signs. Uh, that is the scandal worst is thing. hilarious. I will. We'll, we'll get to it in a bit. I, I, I okay. got opinions. I think Ohio State might be able to, but I, I don't see it right now. But weird things can happen in rivalry games. That's why I give Ohio State a better shot at doing it than Penn State. Penn State just got that offense was horrible. Yeah, I, I don't think Penn State can score against Michigan. I, they're, they're that bad. It's if bad. Drew Aller goes 18 for 42 against Ohio State, he'll go 8 for 42 against Michigan. <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, while all that was going on, there were a few more games of interest because there were upsets of Bruin that just couldn't pull through. Central Florida nearly beats Oklahoma, scoring a touchdown in the final minute, but a double pass two-point conversion attempt went awry. There would have just been something very ironic and fulfilling if Central Florida could have beaten Oklahoma and their former quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Very true. I, I did not have I did not have the Dylan Gabriel uh, aspect on the on the bingo card when I when I laid the points horribly uh, on Oklahoma. But you th- you um, think that would go in Oklahoma's favor? You you think so? But Central Florida's fired up, and you know, again on the road. I did not see this effort coming from Central Florida. Uh, they had like 15 yards of offense in the first quarter, and Oklahoma should have been about by three touchdowns. And again, just not taking care of business, being sloppy, being stupid. Let Central Florida hang around long enough to to get their sea legs, and then the Knights looked good for three quarters, and just ran out of juice right at the very end. Got a little too cute with the uh, the two point conversion. Yeah, way too cute. Way yeah. too cute. That was the best you got in the bag? Come on. Well, no, it, it was the best, I guess, if you consider the craziest. And they were trying to go all Boise State on them. Yeah, but, you know, you can you can only Boise, Boise State, right? Then Texas was surviving Houston 31-24, and mm. they needed the help of the referees. Crooked Nick Patrick showed his face. Yeah, that was... I, I, I don't know if Nick Patrick, Earl Hebner, uh, Dangerous Danny Davis. How much Davis. did he pay for this plastic surgery? Here's the thing. Texas is leaving the Big 12. You're su- the refs are supposed to screw Texas here. That's good But point. I guess maybe the maybe the networks called in and said, no, no, no. We've got to have Texas in a good spot going forward. So let's wait. That spot was at least, a, I mean, at minimum, a yard short. At minimum, a yard short. And probably a yard and a half. Yeah, it was definitely short. There is no way like, like they so, so did not get past the nine-yard line. There's just no way. Every no, Sneed's feet, feet were on the nine-yard line, and he was diving forward with the ball up by his neck, and they marked it behind the nine. I don't know how that happened. As bad a spot as you'll ever see. It was atrocious. And then, of course, they can't convert on fourth down. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, do, do give Texas credit because after they got the break, they did stop Houston on fourth down. Big news out of this one, Quinn Ewers is hurt. Uh, got hurt late in the game, took a shot to the shoulder. It sounds like he is out for the next game, and it's uh, it's not Arch Manning. It's the guy in front of Arch Manning on the, on the death chart here. So, Yeah, Malik Murphy is going to get the start. Yeah. Uh, expected is the word they're using. Expected to start against BYU. Yeah, we'll see. I don't... So tell me this. 
is this the last time we see Quinn Ewers in a Texas uniform before he goes to the transfer portal? Because in the next two games, Arch Manning is going to become a hero. Oh, that's a very good point. Does he get a, does he get Wally pipped here? That's, that, that's a great point. My guess is going to be no, but I'm not super confident on that front. How about that? And then Quinn Ewers will go to an SEC school that plays Texas next year. And then they lose on a two-point conversion. Or, or do they win on a two-point conversion? can't remember how that works. we got to look up the SEC schedule for 2024. Quinn Ewers is probably already looking it up. He could transfer to A&M. That's, you, you talk about heat. That'll have some heat oh, on it next year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, A&M, Texas. Uh, do, do, they play, do they play each other They play each already? other next They are on the books for next year. It's going to be happening. There we go. Start the Quinn Ewers to A&M campaign. That would be hilarious. And in a game that probably fewer people saw than the North Carolina-Virginia game because it was late night get back. Very late night, yeah. Hey, hey at least it wasn't on the Pac-12 network. <laughs> Instead, no, it was on Apple+. Plus. You may, Hey, I'm going to throw this out before you jump on it here. You made a joke to me during the day on Saturday about a team – not scoring a touchdown and winning. This was almost that. Washington. That's very true. Washington did not score an offensive touchdown, which is stunning, given everything we've seen from that offense out of Michael Penix, all that stuff. Did not score an offensive touchdown and needed the defense to bail them out middle of the fourth quarter with an interception return and a long interception return. For a touchdown after a bogus no call for pass interference two plays prior. Yeah, you saw that interception coming. Too. Oh, it was bad. Oh, he threw it far across the field. The defensive back, Michelle Powell, he had time to eat a sandwich and still jump that pass. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And then once he was gone, he was gone. The quarterback's making a valiant attempt, and it's like there's no way a quarterback is going to tackle a defensive back. That near that close to the end zone. No, no, not with that kind of uh, not with that kind of uh, tailwind behind him either. So uh, Arizona State gave him hell, but you just you, you can't do that when you turn the ball over four times on downs deep in the opposing team's territory. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Arizona State tried very hard to both win the game and lose the game. Yes. Total letdown game for Washington coming off the Oregon game. But you're at home against Arizona State, and they got caught taking a deep breath and almost got got. This is one of those deals. The game being so late, people aren't going to remember it as much, so I don't think they'll get penalized as much as they otherwise would if it was middle of the day. Well, they also didn't lose. Didn't lose, absolutely. But sometimes sometimes bad wins can, can hurt you in the style points rankings, you know? Yeah, but it, like you're saying, it was, it was 2 a.m. by the time that game ended. That game was late. East, Eastern time. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, there, there's no writers in the AP poll who were up that late. They I, come come on, AP writers. I was up there's, that there's late. Come some, on. There's probably some AP writers who still, at this point, don't know Washington's score. You're not wrong on that. And yet they voted. Yeah. Staying in the Pac-12, Utah beats USC 34-32. Mm. Cole Becker with the game-winning 38-yard field goal as the clock hits zero. This was an entertaining football game. I didn't see the targeting call. I, ju- I saw the aftermath, but I didn't see the targeting call. How bad was it? Very questionable. Uh, it was roughing, yeah, but it was not targeting by any means. And then you got to give uh, Bryson Barnes credit, because on I believe it was the next play, he scrambles 26 yards to get Utah in the field goal range. Bryson Barnes is not the most athletic guy on no. the face of the earth. It, it kind of it kind of looked like Peyton Manning trying to run. I will never forget the Colts were playing the Jets. It was fourth and goal, like with like 10 seconds left in the game, and they ran Manning on that naked bootleg. It was hilarious. I mean, he, of course, nobody was on him because it was like they're not going to call Manning to run the ball to win the game. He was all by himself, and it took him an hour just to get from the five-yard line to the end zone. But, hey, yeah, I mean, got, got to be Bar- scrappy sometimes. Yeah, Barnes was like juking USC defenders I, who, you know, 
these guys are like decathletes in their spare time, and somehow Barnes is juking them <laughs> and just getting more and more yardage out of it. It was insane. Because he could have stepped out of bounds about five or seven yards sooner, and yet he turned back into the field and caused two more guys to miss him. Mm. Can't have, come on, USC. Jesus. So Utah's now three and one in conference. USC's four and one. Of course, that means Washington now the only unbeaten team in the Pac-12. Washington's looking good. I yeah, they've got some tough games still, but having beaten Oregon and having watched Utah and USC, I don't think USC can beat Washington. I don't. I'm not sure if Utah plays Washington. I think Utah could beat them, just because Utah pulls their this stuff out of the hat all the time. It's it's just it's amazing watching them win games and you don't understand how they win them. Utah knows who they are and they don't they don't beat themselves. That's kind of the deal. They don't you have to beat them. They're going to lean on their defense and they're going to take what they're going to take what you give them and and they're not going to to stray from their lane. They know what they are and you've got to you've got to get them out of that lane. Good luck doing that. They're a very disciplined team. Yeah, and they do play they're at Washington on November 11th. Big time game. Still big time games out the West. Love it. The, the, the strong safety, uh, Sione Vaki, who got pushed into a running back role last week, this week he runs for 68 yards, and he caught five passes for 149 mm. yards and a couple of touchdowns. Damn. Once again, Travis Hunter, you're not even the best two-way player in your own conference. Brutal. So Utah hosting Oregon this week, that's probably loser leaves town with both of them having one loss. It will be if Oregon loses because they'll they'll be at, they'll be shut out of tiebreakers at that point. That's true because they'll have lost to both Utah and, yeah. and if Washington. Or, if Oregon wins, there's a way Utah could get back in with by beating Washington. Yeah, but yeah, they they they'd have their work cut out though. Yeah, that's when we start rooting for Washington State. Exactly. Absolutely. Although they kind of blew it losing to Oregon this week. Yeah. Big non-conference game, Commander and Chief Trophy at stake. Air Force beats Navy seventeen to six. Exactly what you expect out of the two military schools. A lot of running game, a lot of defense, and a really questionable two-point conversion at the end of the game. Navy, thanks for the loss. Ooh, ooh. Mm. They had that. They had that long, longest pass in Air Force history, ninety-four yards early on. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, in all that running, they throw a 94-yard touchdown pass. The guy who caught it, Dane Kinneman, it was his third catch of the season and only his 15th in his four-year career there. He spent four years playing wide receiver and has caught 15 passes, mm. and yet now he's in the record books. Excellent. Love it. So, yeah, Navy scored in the final minute, and they missed a two-point conversion as a 10.5-point dog lose by 11 Damn you, midshipmen. Now I'm rooting for Army at the end of the year. <laughs> Beat Navy. Air Force remains unbeaten. We'll talk a bit about that later because there are three group of five teams that could finish the season unbeaten, and what are you going to do with that? Ah, who the hell knows? Although Air Force, uh, they've got a big game this week. They're at Colorado State. Colorado State, we'll get to it a little bit later. But, man, they got jobbed by UNLV, and UNLV's magic season continues. Yes, we will get to that. Magic indeed. If you need some magic in your life, hit up our girl, Wendy Prater, at Magical Journeys Travel. That's a that's a segue right there, ladies and gentlemen. That that's is very professionally good. done. Professionally done, and she can professionally handle your next awesome getaway. Whether you want to go to Disney, Universal, all-inclusives, all-major cruise lines, Wendy is the girl who can take care of your next awesome vacation. Find her on the social medias, WP Magic Journey, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on all that stuff. Tell her you found out about her on 60 Year Seniors, and she will give you, wait for it, she will give you the Carolina Virginia discount, $24 off your next trip deposit. If you tell her you heard about her on 60 Year Seniors, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, she makes the plans, you make the memories. Oh man! Twenty-four yeah. freaking points. Are you freaking kidding me? 
I have this great transition into the Iowa-Minnesota game, but there's a couple of things I want to talk about first, unfortunately. Okay. So let, let, let's talk some other sports very quickly. The NHL is doing a really cool thing tomorrow. All 32 teams are playing. They all start within 15 in 15 minute segments all yes. across the night. And I every game is televised to some extent, is that correct? It's on they're all on ESPN Plus, I think. And if they're not on the Plus, they're on TNT or ESPN, I can't remember. But they're you can at least get all of them on ESPN Plus. I great concept. I I I love the I love the marketing. I'm not a hockey guy. But that might be something I tune into just to catch the chaos. I don't know if they're going to have like multi-view uh, on the plus that you can catch it, or if they'll have like, like, like NHL. Uh, what would be the equivalent of, of NFL Red Zone? NHL. NHL. I don't know. Face off. Face off. I don't like power play is sort of the gimmick that they have. They're, they're just calling it. It's like the power play group on ESPN Plus where you can see all the games. Now uh, you'd have to figure something something out on that. But yeah, it, it, it's a it's a cool concept. G- good idea in theory, right? Good idea in theory, but I think I know where you're going because there's this thing called overtime in hockey. That too, yes. Oh, it happens, it happens else? quite a lot. It happens quite a lot. Absolutely. But yeah, if there, if there, I should be able to like starting at do 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 eight o'clock Eastern time, I'd be able to turn on one channel and it just should give me the end of every single game for four hours. Yeah, that just, that's exactly what would caught my eye. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome if they have a channel set up just for that. I have no idea if they are or not. The only downside of this is they're doing it on opening day of the NBA season. I am that shocked. I am shocked team. that the NHL would come up with this crazy idea and and then step on a rake by do by putting it the same day as the NBA season open. That's good. Great work by the National Hockey League as always. Uh, and a potential Game Seven of the National League Championship Series. As we record, Arizona is up three one. Beat the Phillies. Oh, what inning is it? That that's important. Uh, bottom of the second. Oh, it's early. Come on, Diamondbacks. That game, that game seven in Texas Houston tonight is going to be awesome. You know, that's I got wish some, I could. Get, that's got some heat. I wish I could get into it, but all four of these teams have either pissed me off or I don't care enough. I've been trying to get into Arizona because they beat the Dodgers, and I just can't do it. The Phillies killed my under eighty nine bet I had with them. If they just lost two more games, I'd be thrilled to root for the Phillies. And then, of course, Texas and Houston, both in the AL West, therefore they're my enemies to begin with. They're both managed by former San Francisco Giant managers, mm. so I can't root from there. And Houston's <laughs> still a bunch of cheaters. All right, well, that's three, to, that's three to two in favor of the Rangers, so you should at least at least root against the Astros. You don't necessarily have to cheer for the Rangers. I'm absolutely rooting against the Phillies. Fuck the Phillies. I, I hope they burn in a fire. I don't give a damn about the Phillies. I'd like to see Zach Gallon pitch in the uh, in the World Series if the Diamondbacks can pull off a comeback, but I am uh, I'm not uh, holding my breath on that. The Rangers Astros series has been hot. There's it's been heated. The last two games have been absolutely fantastic. Bench clearing scuffles, dramatic home runs, really good stuff. Regional heat here. Gary Hart booking the territory hard again here in Texas. I love it. Going back to the NBA real quick because I don't think I've actually had a chance to talk about this. Y'all know I'm not the biggest Kevin Durant fan on the face of the earth, and I put up with him on the Golden State Warriors three years. I thought that was the worst thing possible for a Golden State Warrior fan. But then they picked up Chris Paul. Oh, gross. Oh, my God. If somebody can throw a fireball at, like, Steve Kerr or Steph Curry and they duck it and it hits Chris Paul, I really don't care. I hope Chris Paul pulls the Aaron Rodgers in the first minute of opening game on tomorrow night and is out for the entire year. He is such a bitch. That's the only way I can on my team now. He's awful. He is awful. Cheap shot artist, just awful. He's gonna make he's gonna make Draymond Green look like a nun. You're not wrong on that. The thing is, Chris Paul does this shit and he gets away with it. Like he'll he'll hit guys in the nuts and get away with it, like all the time notorious what a mess i'm sorry we've talked a bit about college basketball starting up uh the ken palm rankings came out purdue is number one 
the AP poll and uh, and writers poll came out. Kansas is number one. Any thoughts so far, Mikey? No, it's too early to tell. All I know is that I think Carolina's tip off is Monday the sixth, and that will coincide with me being on an airplane at the same time. So we'll have to figure that out. I've been looking at some uh, national title odds, and there's three teams that have piqued my interest so far. Just kind of keep this in your back pocket. Auburn, Illinois, and Maryland, all 80 to 1 right now. I'll take a flyer on Illinois. Maryland can Maryland and Auburn can go to hell. Your Tar Heels are 40 to 1. Not a bad number. I, I'm surprised that number is that high. Not a bad number, actually. I, I know there's a question about, you know, can, can, the, can Elliot Cadeau come in? And be the impact player that he is, but I think there's some other guys on the team that may uh, make the mix here a little bit a little bit stronger. I'm cautiously optimistic. It sounded like they looked great in the secret scrimmage against Florida Atlantic or whoever they played. It was a Final Four team. I know that. So. Yeah, I, I really haven't caught much yet. I, yeah, I'm it's just, too. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at analytics right now. I really haven't looked at game film or anything like that. They ain't nothing to see. Uh, by the way, Kansas is also the betting favorite right now at eleven to one. Kansas got off on their got got off their NCAA investigation scot free. So, yeah, well, let's get to the Big Ten where we can talk about NCAA investigations <laughs> <laughs> and other assorted messes. First, let's get to points on a poll. Iowa loses this week while only scoring ten points. Where does that put them on points on a poll now? I haven't looked at it today, but it's bad. That's all I know. It's uh, it's it, it's bad. Poor Iowa. My God, just get it over with. Just well, there's no reason in dragging this these shenanigans out any further. Mercy kill right now, for the love of God. Well, now come on, because I I the, the the number is getting so bad that I I think we need to note it. Uh, that that is their. Eighth game, and if I remember correctly, they have 140 points to go with four games to go. What was the final score? 12 to 10? 12 to 10? 12 to 10. So 144 points points left on on the poll here. 44? 144. 144. Okay, with four games to go. 36 points. That's uh, uh, 36 points a game? 36 points. There's it ain't no happen. way in the world. They've still got to play Rutgers, don't they? Are, are you, come on. Rutgers will be able to hold the ball for 36 minutes against them. That's what I'm saying. There's no way in the there's no way in hell they're scoring 36 points against Rutgers. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were actually giving us the other. No. Rutgers no, is no. so bad that. No, that's that's the old Rutgers. They do play Northwestern. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking about bowl eligible Rutgers. That's what they got to play. So, bottom line, Minnesota does defeat Iowa twelve to ten. That leaves Wisconsin, who barely survives Illinois twenty five twenty one, as the lone one loss team in the West. I think it's going to come down to Minnesota and Wisconsin in the last game of the season. Now, Paul Bunyan's axe. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds about right. By the way, the Iowa game, I think this serves the Hawkeyes right, that they scored a touchdown that was then taken away from them. A, a punt return touchdown, of course, not an offensive touchdown. Yeah, yes, and exactly. When Cooper DeGene was seen to have called for a fair catch, then returns the ball, he whips through like half the Minnesota defense in the first five yards after he didn't call for the fair catch. Yeah. And the fans just littered the field with garbage. It looked, it looked like Tennessee from a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, and of course, Minnesota wins without scoring a touchdown. They got four field goals from uh, Dragon Kish. So, so, some poor jabroni so, on some poor jabroni on this uh this podcast had the over in that game. Are you kidding me? Who was that? <laughs> See, I, I I told you I needed to get away from that. God. Minnesota did cover. So Wisconsin beats Illinois 25-21. They were down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They got a desperate 11-yard run on third and 10 by Braylon Allen and then a 30-yard fade catch by Skylar Bell to get to the five. That led to the final touchdown. Man, this is a bad team. And they're also on their backup quarterback now because Tanner Mordecai is injured. 
That uh, that Wisconsin offense, oof. You know. But hey, you know, Phil Longo is supposed to go up there and do all this stuff. It's it's easy to look like an offensive guru when you've got Drake May and Sam Howell in your in your toolbox for four years. You got to go and play Big Ten offense, and all of a sudden you you lose your mind. It's hilarious. Well, Tanner Mordecai would have been a good fit if they had a decent receiving room. That yeah, exactly. But you know, quarterbacks need receivers to be able to throw to. Meanwhile, Michigan steamrolled Michigan State. This was mm. the easiest victory of the week for you. Told My you God. it was name the score. Yeah, it really was. J.J. McCarthy, 287 yards, four touchdowns. Spartans got as close as the Michigan 31-yard line. Good God. And get this, McCarthy is now the Vegas favorite for the Heisman Trophy, and Michigan is the Vegas favorite for the national title. How is J.J. McCarthy the Vegas favorite for the Heisman? East Coast bias. Come on. Look, I'm, all, I'm in on Michigan as the favorite to win the title. That's fine. You know, they're fantastic. They don't mess around. They steal signs. They're taking no prisoners. It's great. That doesn't mean that their quarterback is the best player in the nation. Get the fuck out of here. No, apparently they've got a, uh, a fan-slash-staffer who's their MVP for buying tickets for the last three years to all Michigan's opponents. That's fantastic. This I, is I'm getting not good. Lie. This is getting good. ESPN's done some... I'm shocked. ESPN has done some decent reporting on this. And apparently the NCAA is about to receive a video of said fan recording on an iPhone... A, a sideline, a team sideline for the entire game. <laughs> I just is, is, is that video going to be delivered in a brown envelope down at ringside? Yeah, apparently. At this point, just because this is so ludicrous. I'm now the biggest Michigan fan. This is ridiculous. It was much like when Houston, when the Houston Astros were accused of stealing signs. And I forget what baseball coach it was, but he said, look, if someone's stealing your signs, change your change the damn signs. signs. Exactly. Or come up with a, you have to come up with a better way to, to communicate. That's part of the game. Absolutely ridiculous. Change your signs. Come on. That's hilarious. And I mean, and any team who doesn't at this point is just, and not only doesn't change them, but doesn't change them like an entire 180 degrees, you know, so that Michigan gets screwed if they're still trying to cheat. You did, you deserve to lose. You just exactly. pack it up, lose. Yep. Alabama beats Tennessee 34 to 20. Vomit. And I'm really thankful that I hate Joe Milton because I didn't even get sucked in when Tennessee had a 20 to seven halftime lead. I knew he was going to do something Joe Milton-ish. And he did. Tennessee was kicking Alabama's ass in the first half. Like I said, they they kicked a couple of field goals that they could have been in the end zone. Could have been 27-7 at the half. But not not meant to be. Bama fl- manages to flip some sort of switch on again in the second half and sneaks away again like the... the, the they're, they're like a the, the, the heel with the, that keeps finding new ways to, to steal victories. It's It's hilarious. Oh, see, I, I've gotten the other way. I think I'm the heel, and I've just been bringing in bounty hunters to try to beat up Alabama as they keep losing. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so my next bounty hunter is LSU in two weeks. Big game. Big game primetime CBS. Also in two weeks, it's going to be Missouri at Georgia. Missouri may be our last hope there, although at least Georgia isn't as obnoxious as Alabama. Missouri took care of South Carolina 34 to 12. Look at this both ways. Missouri, feel good story. South Carolina may now have trouble getting bowl eligible. Oh, absolutely. Missouri just chugging along. Uh, oh, Eli Drinkwitz got the boys, boys playing up there. Big homecoming win for Missouri. I wonder if Spencer Rattler's thinking right now, especially the Oklahoma 7 and 0, considering that he left to allow Dylan Gabriel to become the quarterback at Oklahoma. Good point. I don't know. I, I don't even remember now. Why'd Rattler leave Oklahoma for South Carolina? Was it an NIL deal? No, it was who was um, before Caleb Williams? Oh, oh, who then goes to USC? Exactly. See, if Rattler had just you know been a man and tried to fight for his job, he'd still be in Oklahoma 
and be a Heisman Trophy contender instead of on a two and five team. Probably so. Absolutely. Whoever whoever it was before Caleb Williams took his job at Oklahoma, and then Lincoln well, Riley that would be after Jalen that. Hurts, right? No, that was after Hurts. But I can't remember. That was Williams. Who are we missing in there? I thought there was somebody else in between there. Maybe it was Caleb Williams. I don't know. Oh, you know what? No, now anyway. I think. I, I think no, you're right. I think it was Caleb I think it was Williams. Rattler. Came... Rattler was in the middle of that. Because it was wasn't... Rattler Williams. Didn't Williams come in in the, in the Red River shootout? That's it. That's, That's when he took the was. job. So then last year he transferred he out Wally and then Williams left. And that was, yeah, yeah. Or soon, as it will be known, Quinn Ewart. <laughs> or actually, I guess, because it's the guy who did it, he'd be Arch Manning. Yes, there you go. What a mess. Out in the ACC, sorry to bring you back to this conference, but Florida State beats Duke 38-20. to Shockingly, Riley Leonard started this game and got through about three quarters before he was pulled. He uh, tweaked that ankle Got the Kobe treatment. Time. Yeah. We'll see, we'll, enough, see how he, we'll see how he is going forward. Um, I guess for, some, for, for my some team angle here, it's a better thing that Duke lost than Florida State losing, so. Yeah, the Seminoles are now the lone unbeaten in the ACC, and the rest of their schedule is pretty manageable. Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami. Miami uh, bounced back after some team kicked the crap out of them and beat Clemson in double overtime down in Coral Gables. So, Yeah, um, but is beating Clemson really a big thing anymore? That might have been the last uh, defeat for Clemson that might be half of a big deal. I think that might be the one that just makes them another program now. Tyler Van Dyke didn't even play in that game. Supposed exactly. to play next week. In the Pac-12, mention this, but Oregon, 38, Washington State, 24. So they rebounded nicely off that loss against Washington and pretty much took the Cougars out of the Pac-12 picture. Oof. Bad loss for the Cougs. That's too bad. In the Big 12, Oklahoma State beat West Virginia, 48-34. That keeps Oklahoma State in the picture if somebody can beat Texas. Ollie Gordon's looking really good, and he's only about 150 yards off uh, Kamani Vatel in the uh, in the rushing lead. And th- this guy's just racking up yardage. He had 282 and four touchdowns against West Virginia. Someone finally taking the lead on the offense here for uh, for the Pokes after their uh, after their their quarterback issues to start the season. Glad to see somebody uh, to say, hey, let's let's just give the kid the ball and let him go crazy. And he did. He ran all over West Virginia. Impressive performance. Yeah, it's amazing how good their one quarterback looks now that they have a running back. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kansas State has two quarterbacks, and usually when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Not this time. Will Howard and Avery Johnson combined for 244 yards passing and four touchdowns, plus 135 yards rushing. They pretty much split time the entire game while beating TCU 41-3. to I guess TCU is not not any good, huh? <laughs> no, they're not any good. That Colorado win at the beginning of the season, not exactly a big deal. So the Wildcats host Houston, and then they're at Texas. Remember, Kansas State is the Big Twelve champ. We'll see what the heart of a champion's got, as Rudy Tomjanovich would say. So maybe the Wildcats can give Texas some problems. Bouncing down to the group of five, UNLV beats Colorado State twenty-five twenty-three. Jose Pizano kicks a 28-yard field goal at the gun, his sixth of the game. And that ruins the great story that they were telling about Colorado State's kicker, 31-year-old Jamie Noyes, who kicked a 55-yarder with 44 seconds left that we thought was going to give Colorado State the win. Is, uh, is, is Noyes the, the oldest player in college football? Has or, to be. Is, he, Tate, Mar- uh, is Tate Martell still around? Okay, <laughs> good point. Good JT point. Daniels is it right? He's 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 got to be in the contention, right? <laughs> the story with Noy is he is he's from Britain. I I think the story was he was a soccer player, and then decided just to come to America to get an education. Uh, hooked up with Colorado State, and they asked him to become his their kicker. So at 31 years old, That's he's fantastic. kicking for the Colorado State Rams. That's great. In the, and, of course, UNLV remains unbeaten in the Mountain West. Smoke it, and mirrors. Oh, tell me about it, man. 
they've got a big game on the late night get back this week against Fresno. And they might be able to smoke and mirrors that one if uh, Fresno is still down to their second quarterback. We will see. In the American, Texas San Antonio wakes up, beats Florida Atlantic 36-10. Uh, Frank Harris, 261 yards and a couple of touchdowns. A couple of interceptions as well, but that didn't hurt them this week. Feels like the Roadrunners are finally coming around. This was quite the, uh, the beatdown at FAU. Tulane and SMU are also unbeaten. SMU doesn't play either Tulane or San Antonio. San Antonio finishes the season with Tulane. So SMU might be in the driver's seat just by strength of schedule. Yeah, buddy. Repping that ACC. Conference USA, midweek action. Liberty beats Middle Tennessee State 42-35 to remain unbeaten. New Mexico State beats UTEP 28-7 to now be in second place in Conference USA, although the heart of their schedule is upcoming. Digging the midweek uh, for, for Conference USA, it's been entertaining. It really has. Uh, there's a lot of fun stories there. Uh, as well, Sam Houston State lost in double overtime, still looking for their first win in FBS history hmm. since they just came into the FBS. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite this week against UTEP. Mm, we shall see. Maybe maybe a shot here. In the Sun Belt, James Madison remains unbeaten, beating Marshall 20-9. to Old Dominion beat App State 28-21. to Old Dominion now has their shot at James Madison. We'll see what happens. I am hearing some rumblings from my JMU sources, none of which I have reasons to doubt. There may be some legal push to uh, get the Dukes eligible to play in a bowl game. I heard ESPN announcers kind of like just bypass that during the game. Uh, it was like, and they might have hope of a bowl game. And I'm like, what? Please expand. And they just moved on. There, I, I don't I don't have some details, but I do know it has to do with the, with the Virginia State Legislature. Well, it's always good when politicians get involved in such serious issues as bowl games. Absolutely. There's no place for politics in sports, that's what I was told. Shut up and dribble. <laughs> Taco <Tuesday>. South <laughs> South Alabama beat Southern Miss fifty five to three. And as you texted me during that game, what South Bama is doing is outlawed by the Geneva Convention and the Treaty of Versailles. <laughs> Southern Miss, just, I don't know what's happened, but this is pathetic. Over in the MAC, Toledo beat Miami of Ohio 21-17 to remain unbeaten in conference and knock off the final unbeaten team. That might be a conference preview, conference title game preview, although Miami and Ohio play this week to determine that probable half of the uh, title game. Yeah, that feels like that feels like what's what, what it's going to be on that side of the bracket. So in the group of five right now, Air Force, Liberty, and James Madison are all unbeat. We know the issue with James Madison. But if Air Force, Liberty, and Madison all finish unbeaten, what's the ceiling on each of these three? And what do you do with two unbeaten group of five teams? My guess, I really th- if James Madison could, could figure out the legal side of this, I think that... Th- they would be the New Year's sixteen. I really do. I, I think the hey, Mountain they, West they is... beat Virginia, who beat North Carolina. Absolutely, transitive victories. That's that's what we're all about here. <laughs> but if you if you bust up the schedule and look at it, Air Force has just a little too much fluff on their schedule. I don't think they'd be rewarded for beating Army and Navy, Hawaii. Eh. They got they got our friends Bobby Morris and Sam Houston State. I mean, and I really yeah, find there, there's it, not much there. I right. find it hard to believe that they figure out a way to get Liberty in the mix of all this stuff. No, not not when Conference USA exactly they thought might have just imploded itself. You know, like uh, you know the Pac-12 did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least Liberty has a television contract that's not with Apple Television. Very true. Very true. But yeah, I would I would say that the the tiers here would be James Madison, Air Force, then Liberty, and James Madison, of course, being a wild card because of their NCAA situation. 
But if, I, if, I, if one of those teams goes unbeaten, one of those teams is going to be in the New Year's Six Bowl game. If it's not James Madison, I'd love it to be Air Force. That'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think they could give a Power 5 team fits. I think, James, and I think James Madison could too. I, I think either one of those teams could, could be competitive in a one-off situation like that. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I, I think Air Force would confuse them. I think it, James Madison has enough talent to be able to yeah. hang with them. I agree. But I, I, I love Air Force right now. That running game is spectacular. And they've got just enough of a passing game that yep. I think they'd open up a bit in a bowl game just to really screw with their opponent. Air Force is a mighty good team. They're really, really good. They're legitimately a good football team. Well, with that, let's take a look at this coming week's schedule. It gets progressively better as the day goes on on Saturday. Once again, the early slate is eh at best. But that's okay because we've got midweek action to begin with. This is the last week of the Conference USA free-for-all in the middle of the week. Switches to oh, the and then it becomes Maction. Yes. Is there a game next Tuesday? On Halloween? Or is that the last day? Yeah. Halloween is when the match starts. Their oh, okay. Stuff. So they do start yes. on Tuesday then. Yes, that's cool. correct. So this coming to... That's right. Halloween is just a week away. Football on Halloween. That'll be fun. Good stuff. That'll be fun. So Tuesday, 4 p.m. Vegas time on CBS Sports, New Mexico State at Louisiana Tech. Who would have thought that would be an important game in the middle of October? Yeah, I did not have that on the uh, on the card this time. Absolutely not. Half an hour later, Liberty at Western Kentucky on the U. Actually, that's a bigger game. West Western Kentucky absolutely needs it. Yes. Liberty can probably afford to lose it, but if they lose it, then well, you know, a feel good story ends. Yep. On Wednesday, both games are at 4 p.m. Jacksonville State at Florida International on CBS Sports and UTEP at Sam Houston on ESPN2. Sam Houston trying for their first win in FBS football, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Favorite at home, Huntsville, Texas. Come on, raise up. Go get you one. Yeah, and, and I have nothing on those two days. If Sam either. Houston was a three-point favorite, I'd take him, but I can't take three-and-a-half. There's not with that no offense, way. absolutely not. By the way, the UTEP Sam Houston game is thirty six and a half. That's oof. Oh, which just reminds me, uh, we didn't mention this. We've been talking back and forth, and probably everybody knows, but that Minnesota Iowa game closed at thirty and a half, the lowest total in recorded Vegas history. Shut the program down for God's sake! And they went under it so easily. Yeah, they were more than a touchdown under that total. Ridiculous. Yeah, had the had the Iowa punt return been allowed, they still would have been it under. It would have been under. <laughs> My God, what a shit show. Even if they, they somehow got the two-point conversion, it'd still be They're under. They're still under a half a point, absolutely. <laughs> My God. On Thursday, both games at 4.30, Syracuse at Virginia Tech on ESPN. The big one, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, that's pretty much division on a pole for those two teams on ESPN2. Unless James Madison gets the run in, because all of a sudden we're changing the rules like it's the like it's professional wrestling, which could ha- totally happen. <laughs> because politicians have nothing better to do than exactly. deal with bowl, bowl eligibility. Heaven, heaven forbid we we make sure that we've got a speaker of the house in Congress. Let's let's get James Madison bowl eligible here. All right. Hey, maybe that's it. Maybe that's how the Republicans decide who the speaker will be. The first speaker to say, I will make James Madison Bowl eligible, immediately gets not only all the Republican votes, but the Democratic votes. Absolutely. There we go. Making things or, or at least Bipartisan the Democrats for Virginia, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is the Democrats for Virginia. On Friday, 4.30 on ESPN2, Florida Atlantic at Charlotte. Ugh. Yeah. Then on Saturday, your 9 a.m. slate. Nothing really spectacular here. On Fox, you got Oklahoma at Kansas. On ESPN, you have South Carolina at Texas A&M. On Fox Sports 1, you have West Virginia at Central Florida. And when the third best game is West Virginia at Central Florida, that says something. Yeah, go, go out to the pumpkin patch early and, and enjoy the weather. 
I mean, you you could catch Connecticut and Boston College on the ACC network. Oh my God! At twelve thirty, much better. You have Oregon at Utah on Fox. You have Duke at Louisville. Now, shockingly, a big game in the ACC on ESPN. And of course, you have the cocktail party, Georgia, Florida on CBS. For Carolina to have a shot at the ACC title, I got to cheer for Duke to beat Louisville now. That's that. Thanks, Tar Heels. I appreciate that. Making me cheer for Duke for the love of God. You know, and I have probably complained about this before, but how exactly is the world's largest cocktail party on PC? What word in there? Is supposedly bad for us. Cocktail? Really? Yes, we're pro- because we're promoting drinking or something. Well, let's just fucking go back to prohibition then, for crying out exactly, loud. Exactly, yeah. I know. Are, are, are you telling me nobody can drink a cocktail without getting stupid? No, obviously not. Dear God. So, world's largest cocktail party. That's what it is. And it's also the Red River Shootout, for crying out loud. Yes. And the Washington Bullets. That's the name of the basketball team. Oh my God, you're not wrong on that. And it's the Washington Redskins while I'm at it. There you go, the Cleveland Indians. How in the world have the Atlanta Braves survived? Oh, I read something. I've I've been reading shorts from Roger Angel. And Roger Angel mentioned how the Atlanta Braves tomahawk chop started. Do you know how it started? No, I don't. Deion Sanders apparently got a spring That's right, now that you mentioned it. Yes, now I remember, yep. And Florida State fans started going to Braves games and doing the chop. And that's how the Atlanta Braves picked up the tomahawk chop. It was 91. Deion Sanders. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I forgot, I'd totally forgotten that. Yep. Roger Angel, what a baseball writer. Coach Prime, Coach Prime, Coach Prime. There's a couple games between the 1230 slot and the primetime slot that are worth mentioning. At 230 on Fox Sports 2, Wyoming at Boise. And at 3 o'clock on the NFL Network, Marshall at Coastal, and Grayson McCall doubtful for that game after a vicious hit last week. Yeah, they had to cart him off. He was in the hospital overnight. No reason for him to play this week. That's a big game. At 4 o'clock, you got Tennessee at Kentucky. Entertaining game, but it means nothing in the SEC at this point. That's on ESPN. Yep. Air Force at Colorado State on CBS Sports. That should be entertaining. Colorado State has proven that they can play with big boys. They just haven't been able to beat them yet. Big ask from the Rams, but they're at home. We'll see what happens. At 4.30, you have Colorado at UCLA on ABC. Colorado's not going to score in this game, man. UCLA is going to be a defense that they have not yet seen. Hopefully, Travis Hunter gets his spleen cut in two again. Come on. Bruins a 17-point favorite there. Only 17. That seems low. And on NBC, they finally have a good game. Ohio State at Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the it's the only good NBC non-Notre Dame game that they've got this year, I think. So. <laughs> we'll see if Ohio... This is a good spot for the Badgers here. Badgers getting 14 and a half. No, uh, no, what's his face? But Ohio State coming down from Penn State, big ask here. I don't, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. At five o'clock on ESPNU, you have Old Dominion at James Madison. That's the best game at that spot. Underwhelming card, on the whole. Of course, your Tar Heels, or some team as they are now known. They ain't my Tar Heels. <laughs> Are traveling to Georgia Tech, and as everybody knows now, nothing good happens in Atlanta. Nothing ACC. good happens in Atlanta. Where did, where did hey, pop quiz hot shot? Where did Michael Jordan's collegiate career end? I'm guessing it must have been Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you very much. At the Omni. Where where did Carolina lose the 1977 national championship game? I'm guessing Atlanta. At the Omni. I can count on one hand the good things that have happened to Tar Heels in the, in, in the city of Atlanta and have fingers left over. Now I'm done. At 7.30 Vegas time, couple of good late night getbacks. Oregon State at Arizona on ESPN. Watch out for the Wildcats. Arizona is going to beat somebody. Guarantee it. Tough spot for the Beavs there, absolutely. 
And on Fox Sports 1, you got UNLV continuing its smoke and mirrors season at Fresno. I'm going to shout out the game on CBS Sports at the same time. It's a horrible game. New Mexico. I was going to say, at, on the opposite end of the spectrum, man. New Mexico at Nevada. But I do want to shout out the Wolfpack. They got their first win of the season. And more importantly, hit the under, winning 6 to nothing over San <laughs> Diego awful. State. A hideous, hideous football game. But hey, hideous football catches bank just as, just as good as pretty football does. I thought the ESPN uh, app had, had just quit refreshing. That game never moved. It did. It was horrible. A couple field goals early, that was it. Atrocious. New Mexico got his third win of the season, beating Hawaii. They are now one win away from cashing my over. I hope they do it here against Nevada. Good spot for him. Nevada's actually favored by a single point, so it's basically a toss-up. Nevada, total letdown game for Nevada. They're bouncing off their one win of the season. <laughs> Can you possibly bounce after winning six nothing? I, I, well, I guess if you're Iowa, you know it's a score fest. <laughs> and then there is a true late night get back on the island, San Jose State at Hawaii. Check it out on Team One Sports app. Good luck with that. I have nothing else for the listening audience. I have nothing else either. Uh, you going to send us home with great New Mexico and Nevada college football players? Nope, I'm going the other way. For Larry Jones, Dominique Wilkins, Primetime Sanders, Jerry Glanville, uh, all those guys. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back Wednesday, maybe, if if, if I'm still alive after the aneurysm that this has given me. Um, and maybe we'll make some plays, maybe we'll make some money. But whatever we do, we'll do it right here on 6 Your Scene.